Welcome to Action Chapel International. We are one church in many locations worldwide. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same. Now please join us for this powerful message. prosecutor is using some technicalities and legalities against us. And these technicalities and legalities are a result of sins of omissions or commissions, original sin, self-committed sins, sins of the bloodline, iniquity of the bloodline, errors of our past, and even the present has become a technicality and a legality that the accuser is bringing up against us so that we stand accused before God and man and accused even to ourselves. But in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, let every technicality and legality being used and being brought up whether it has to do with the past or the now, whatever the technicality and whatever the legality is, let it be dismissed. Let it be broken before God and man by the blood of Jesus right now. Pray that prayer right now. Break technicality. Break legalities. Every technicality and legality being used by the adversary, by the accuser of the brethren, to accuse us, to hold us to ransom, in the name of Jesus to impeach us, to undermine, to compromise the future, the harvest, the increase of this house and of the people of God. We break the technicality, we break the legality, we dismiss the charge. We dismiss the charge. We dismiss the charge. By the blood of Jesus, we dismiss the charge. We dismiss the charge. And now we destroy the veil. We destroy the veil. We remove the obstacles. We remove the obstacles. We break restrictions. We break limitations in the name of Jesus. Now, one of the things the technicalities and the legalities does is to cause a limitation and a restriction, a denial, and a hold up. So he holds us up, hold things up, commands denial, to denial, to hold up the increase, to hold up the breakthroughs, our expectation, growth, testimony, habits. It creates an error, creates an error. We break any error in this service today. We break any denial and limitation in this service. We destroy the limits. We destroy the veil. We will not go home the same way we came. We are going back better, 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 better with clarity, with clarity, with understanding, with the eyes of our understanding and lighting. We are going back better. Open your mouth, somebody. Break the error. Dismiss the error. Bind the error. Break the frustration. Destroy the limits. In the name of Jesus, we destroy every restriction and limit and error on the service today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. With your hands lifted up, say, I declare, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Peace to Ghana, my motherland. And goodwill to all that deserve it, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please put your hands together, and you may be seated. It's good to have you in the house, and to all of you on social media, and on Dominion Television, and Go TV. Thank you for tuning in. 
all across this country and through social media across the nation. As I have said, there is nothing like being in the house. Uh, as much as virtual services are great and good, they are long distance related. It's never like when you are in the house. The two is never. We look forward to the times and days where we will all be in the house together, irrespective of your underlying conditions or age or background. I was talking to somebody yesterday and I said to him, I said that the conspiracies theory out there concerning the vaccine is even more than the virus itself. And it takes a lot of faith to take the vaccine, but whether you take it or not, the bottom line is you cannot stop trusting and believing God. You cannot get to a place in your work with God where you assume that everything is okay, everything is fine. No, because he's the source of our lives. He's our source. We can never stop depending, leaning, and trusting on him. We have to keep trusting and leaning on him. We must never get to a place in our work with God where we assume that we are okay because of a vaccine or because of one thing or the other. Our faith and our confidence must always be in him that is the source of our lives. Thank you, Bishop. They don't put, they have to plan this thing well so I can have a place on my water. Yes, sir. Thank you. And this is too cold. It must be room temperature. They don't like me. Warm or room temperature. The ice doesn't help my voice. Somebody say, <coughs> don't I love you? I really do love you, seriously. Uh, and you know one of the reasons why I know I love you? I think about you all the time. You are always on my mind. Always. And, and I'm always praying for you. Always praying for you through, especially the seasons of the night. I always pray for you wherever they are, Father. Members of this great house, you know them, their names, the things that concerns them, loved ones and families. Father, cover them, shield them, protect them. Send the angels to go on assignment on their behalf. Deliver them from their fears and I pray for you. So I thank God that I love you. Amen, I do. I want to talk to you uh, this morning and I think that we'll stay with it from different perspective uh, about what I entitle advancing his kingdom. Advancing his kingdom. That is the essence of living. Ladies and gentlemen, whoever you are, <clears throat> whatever your profession is, <clears throat> whatever you do <clears throat> in life and for living, it's all about advancing his kingdom. The purpose of the Holy Spirit given to you and I is to advance the kingdom. The purpose of blessings, prosperity, money, skill, good health, energy, Strength, IQ, intelligence, favor, connection, influence, name them. They are all for one reason. As long as God and heaven is concerned, is to populate his kingdom and is to advance his kingdom. Anything outside of this, we failed when we stand before the master. And we will. It doesn't matter how long we live. 120 years or a thousand years, which is as a day before him, we'll stand before him. And none of the things we did will count when we stand before him. The cars we bought, the numbers of cars, the new cars and the new models we always buy and we are interested in. One of my spiritual sons called me the other day. I was talking to him about this new car. Papa, you must have it. And I said, no, I don't need it. He said, but, and I said, let me tell you something. You don't understand. My priorities have nothing to do with the car. And I said, I have a lot of cars. And he said, I didn't know that. And I said, do you know that the members of my church have a lot of cars? 
And I said, on Sunday or Wednesday, look at the car park in my church. There are many cars there. And I said, I can ask for any of those cars to use, and nobody will deny me. <clears throat> oh, you are not clapping, so you will deny me. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. So cars are not my priorities. We need to set our priorities right. And I think that it comes to a time in all of our lives where our priority changes. And I, I think that I have a moral and a spiritual responsibility, obligation, and duty to remind all of us that the only reason why we are still here and we'll still be here, and the only reason why heaven is on the obligation to keep and protect and advance our cause in life is for one reason, populating the kingdom, advancing the kingdom. And if you are not doing that, as long as God and heaven is concerned, you are an unprofitable individual in the kingdom and you are an unprofitable citizen of the kingdom and God is not pleased and happy with you. I'll just be honest with you. There are so many believers, the day you stand before the master, you realize how embarrassed and ashamed you will be because once you were here, everything God did for you, the favors he gave you to make you his favorite, the opportunities and the blessings, the long life, the protection, the health, and all he did for you was never used to advance and populate his kingdom, which is his number one agenda. And so please let me remind you that if you stood before the master and your maker today, is there anything you've done? And please don't tell me about your tithes and offerings. Those are your responsibilities as a citizen of the kingdom. Those are your responsibilities. It's required of you and I, paying tax to country and everything. You don't make money out of the taxes we pay as citizens to country to state. So the maintenance and development. Uh, how, how that is handled and used is none of your business. People will be held accountable. And that is what I learned long time ago when I got born again, that when I give the tithes and the offering, I am not accountable for what happens. I've obeyed God and I leave the outcome to him. And I just move on. And you can say, oh, what's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with me. I do what is expected and required of me. By the word, the rest is between God and his servants. I'm out of it. But let me go on. It's important for you to go beyond this mentality and thinking that all God requires of you and I is tithes and offering or money. So when I give money to my church, I've done what is required of me. I can live anyhow, any way, do anything I please, and that is it. No, 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 you are wrong. You are wrong. God is interested in you as a person and your life and your body than your money because a man's life does not consist by the abundance of things that he possesses. Your life is important and precious and valuable before God than your money. So stop having this mentality that as long as I pay my tithe and I give an offering, I've done what is expected of me, I can do, do anything I want to, live anyhow. No, 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 no. At the end of the day, you have to remember that we will give an account and there will come a day of accountability where we have to give an account of our stewardship and all of us are stewards. We are all stewards. And please stop thinking that, oh, when it comes to advancing the kingdom, it's for the archbishops and the bishops and the pastors and the apostles and the elders and the deaconesses and those in full-time ministry. No, it's not true. We are all members of his body. And to all of us, he's been given the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile men and women to God. So you must understand this. Stop being fooled and deceived. 
and thinking that, oh, when I give my tithes and my offering, then the pastors, the bishops, the men of God will use that to play the role I have to play or to do the ministry. From. No, 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 no. I don't advance the kingdom by your tithes and offerings only. You also, apart from your tithes and offerings, and I also tithe and I give offerings. So apart from my tithes and my offering, there are so many things that are required of me of the Lord to advance his kingdom. And it's the same that is required of you. So it's not just your tithes and your money. It's also your time. Your time. Look at the amount of time you make available to advance his kingdom and the amount of time you spend on yourself. If you, if you wait, you realize that you are selfish. And there's a possibility that you are becoming an unprofitable servant. That you are holding back the advancement of the kingdom. If you look at what you spend on yourself and your immediate family, at the end of the year, you realize that you really don't care about his kingdom. Now, come with me to Luke chapter 11, reading from the first verse. I want to show you some few things quickly. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, mm -hmm. when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, get it, say, he said, when this is the protocol and the pattern to approach your heavenly father, when you pray, say, go ahead, our father, which recognize that we have a father who lives in heaven. Two, hallowed be thy name. Glorify him. Honor him. When you recognize who your dad and your father is, honor him. Thy kingdom come. And then after you've recognized and honored him, the first thing on the agenda before anything is recognize the importance of his kingdom or his rulership or his domain coming among men, coming to earth superimposing his kingdom over the kingdoms of men, over nations, families, communities, cities. His kingdom, his kingdom must come. His kingdom must override every other kingdom. His kingdom must be advanced. His kingdom must be populated. That is God's number one agenda. And Jesus taught us to pray in this manner. And he said, hey, the number one priority of the Father is that his kingdom will be populated and will override every other kingdom, his kingdom. What have you done to advance his kingdom? And what are you doing since you were born again to advance his kingdom? And I'll be honest with you. I was telling Bishop Obodah, I said, Bishop, you know something? Let's face it. I think we can never blame the people for their attitude. I think I have you and I here. We must take, we must take, I'm taking this for you to take some. And I said, Bishop, the way people think and the way Christians are wired, we have a lot of responsibility to take off. I said, I have to take a lot of responsibility for this because it has to do with the kinds of diets you've had. You've been taught, programmed, wired to think about your personal breakthrough, your well-being, your immediate family. And it's all been me, 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 me. And I said, Bishop, we have to change our teachings and our preaching because God will not take these things kindly. We have been taught these people to understand that being born again is more than attending church and giving tithes and offering. It's more than that. That heaven requires of you and I to advance God's kingdom, that his kingdom will be in every community, in every family, in every tongue, tribe, nation, across the universe, that wherever you go on this earth, you will see a citizen of the kingdom there and the kingdom of God advancing. It's like members of a political party. They are very passionate about their political party. Very passionate. And will do anything for their political party to win. Are you passionate about his kingdom? What extent are you willing to go to advance this kingdom? Are you living for the kingdom? Go ahead. Thy will be done uh -huh. as in heaven, so in earth. He said, the first thing is that God is very particular about his kingdom coming, dominating this earth, nations, family, community. He's very particular about that. And the next thing is, he wants his will. That means his original intent 
His judicial determinations. His will is like a man and a woman writes a will before they die. Who they were, what they cared about the most when they were alive is revealed by their will. And I know who you are when I read your will. A gentleman passed many years ago in this house, but years before he passed, he brought me his will and it was sealed when I never opened it. And he said, you can open it, Papa, when you hear that your son is passed on. And I didn't. When he did, I gave it to his family to open it. But when I saw the con, when I heard the content of the will, I was so disappointed of him. I was very disappointed. And I said to myself, if I knew that this was the content of the will, I wouldn't have even taken time to keep it. I would have just given it to him and said, brother, keep your thing on. Because there was no provision made in the will to advance the kingdom. And I knew this guy many, many years before I got born again. We used to disco together. We did things together. And I saw what God did when he got born again. And I also know his family and background, where he came from. Literally nothing like me. And through the mercies of God became somebody. And did not care about the kingdom, the ministry. It was all about him and his immediate family. I was so disappointed. And I was sitting there at the funeral service. And people were talking about how good man he is and this, resting in the bosom of his savior and the savior and the this, and then the year and sleep well. And, and I was just sitting there and I said, these people, they are joking. They don't know what they're talking about. God is very interested in the kingdom. And this is an unprofitable servant that is going to stand before his master and will be so embarrassed and ashamed that when he's called to the books and said, and it is said to him, we want you to give an account of your stewardship of the time given to you whilst you are alive. And of the life, because a, a man's life does not consist by the abundance of things that he possesses. So first is your life and the time before resources. He will realize that he failed the kingdom, that he didn't contribute anything to advance the kingdom. I was looking at Romans, the 12th chapter, and I was telling Bishop about it, and he was laughing. Bishop, he likes laughing, so he makes me laugh. So, whilst we're talking, I said, do you realize what the original script is saying when it comes to Romans, the 12th chapter? Because the Bible wasn't arranged the way we read it. You know, that's where a lot of the errors come from. Versus chapter, it was never arranged that way. The original script is a continuous thing. So, but let me not spend time going into context text and pretext of context of the text. Let me leave that alone to the Bible scholars. But get this. When he said, therefore, present your body by the message of God as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, I said, I said, Bishop, do you understand what God is saying here? He's saying that don't present yourself when you are old and all your bones are dry and there is no oil in your bones to function and your knee is hurting, your jaw is hurting, your right leg is shaking, your hands are shaking. Then you come to the altar. Father, use me. Use what? Uh, shaking hands and uh, trembling me. <laughs> use me. Use me. Use you for what? Where were you when you were young? When you were young? Where were you? And I said, the Bible said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, might, energy, strength. So God said, what he's saying here is, I need you when you are fresh. I need you when you are mentally alert, awake. I need you when you are smart. I need you when you are young, anointed. You move around. You have energy. God said, I need that energy I gave you. I need the strength I gave you. I need the intelligence I gave you. I need the brilliance I gave you. I need the strength I gave you to advance my kingdom. When I hear people, I, I tell them, hey, work for the Lord. Work for the ministry. And they say, oh, not now. When I retire. When you retire serving the devil, retire serving the systems of this world. When you, you retire serving Pharaoh, then you bring to God leftovers. God is not a God of leftovers. God said, I need you when you are fresh. The kingdom, come with me to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. A very simple scripture, but it's so relevant and will always be relevant till the coming of Jesus. Hallelujah. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. Money. No. Seek ye first long life. No, sir. Protection. No. Blessings. No. Increase of salary. No. A good job. No. Seek ye first education for your children. No. 
Now, we all want our children to have good education, including myself. We all want to. Yeah, yeah. There's a level of education I never attained. I push my children to go as much as they can. But the number one priority, because that is what, that, that is the mistakes parents are doing. Believers, they will spend everything, sell everything to take their children, even before time, send them out of this country. I was talking to one of my spiritual sons, a bishop, send his kids at the age of 10 and 9 to a boarding school in Britain. And I called him and the wife and I gave it to them. And I said, what is wrong with you people? Why are you so much into slavery mentality? Why do you love the slave masters like this? Nine and ten years, sending them to a boarding school in abroad. Do you know the mental and emotional trauma it's going to have on them? And the kinds of stress it will have on them and on your wife and on you and on your marriage? And I said, I command you. Other than that, don't call me your father anymore. I said, I command you, bring my grandchildren back with immediate effect. And if you don't do that, don't call me your father anymore because I have a responsibility to order and command you. The Bible says, I know Abraham, he will command. I'm commanding you. And they came back. And I said, they are not ready to leave father and mother at the age of nine and ten to go to a boarding school. What are you trying to prove? What are you trying to prove? You want them to become brony. You want them to learn the ways of other people. If God wanted them to be born and to learn the ways of others, they would have been born there. And their parents would have been born there. Why are you changing who you are? Your nationality. It's all lack of understanding of purpose. Yeah. Listen, I am proud to be a Ghanaian. I'm just telling you. I am very proud to be a Ghanaian. I know we don't have what America has, what Dubai has, what Europe have. But I'm telling you, I am proud to be a Ghanaian. Period. I am. You can insult Ghana. Say whatever you want to say. I am a Ghanaian, and I thank God that I was born a Ghanaian, and I will remain a Ghanaian till the coming of the Lord. I'm a Ghanaian. We are not proud of who we are, and we think that education is everything. As long as we educate our children and they go to the best of school, we have done our job. Who told you you've done your job? Do you know how many parents for the past 44 years that I've been preaching, that I've seen raising up kids, giving them the best of education, and they die. And those children can't stick together, can't manage what their parents left for them, destroy everything, and they work having nothing. I was just thinking about somebody today who has passed on, had a lot when he was alive, and one of his sons called me, really struggling, messed up the inheritance the father left for him, went and took a loan, when he doesn't understand that you don't take a loan to buy a car and to build a house to live in. You take a loan to do business. And you got to understand the technicalities of the whole thing and get experts to work with you and know whether that business you are investing in, look at the pros and the cons. Get all the different dynamics about it because you can run into trouble. And I was saying to myself early this morning, I said, Father, help me. Help me to do right by my children. Help me not to be a father who can't see because their father is gone. And I don't know whether he, while he was alive, did anything to advance the kingdom. That's another issue for another time. Left everything to a son who wasn't prepared for the future. And that is what parents are doing. All we are doing is preparing our children by giving them education. Think that education is everything. It's not. Attitude and the knowledge of God is the greatest asset you can give to your children the knowledge of God. Because as long as they have God, they can survive anything. One of my children was in trouble in America. He was in big trouble. And he was in a hotel. And he came out of his room. He was going out late in the night. And somebody had had the coronavirus. And he was vomiting blood. And the ambulance had come to pick him. And they had to carry him. And the blood was all over the place. And this young boy walked in the blood of somebody with coronavirus. Walked in the blood, and then he went out with the blood. Came back and just washed, and went to sleep, and called me later and said, Papa, will you believe what happened to me? I said, what happened? He said, somebody in the hotel had the coronavirus, and he was vomiting blood, and I just stepped and walked in the blood, and I was told that it was coronavirus. He was vomiting blood, and I said, what did you do? He said, I just washed my leg, my feet, and all that. And I just looked at him and I said, God and God alone. God, God alone. 
If I tell you the kinds of deliverances God gives to us, if I give you some testimonies, you will look at me and say, what kind of person are you? I'm telling you. But it's all about one thing, that I eat, I drink, I breathe, I sleep, and I wake up, kingdom, kingdom. And the son was telling me, Papa, I don't have anything. My wife and children, I can't feed them. I've lost everything. Can you help me? And I said, let me pray. We prepare our children for the future, but we don't prepare them for the future. And hear me, life is tough. Life is more than education. So for you parents who think, oh, I've educated my children. He's a scientist. He's a this. Then you take pride in it. You are ignorant. You are endangering them because they are not prepared to face the challenges of life by just education. They need the knowledge of Jehovah. Until you instill in them the knowledge of God. Having done what is required. And when you stand before your maker, you give an account of that also. How did you leave them? Thinking, oh, I left houses. I left cars. When there was war in Liberia, I went there and I was talking to Clavin Paka. She said, she said, Papa, I need to sell these houses. A lot of them. And I said, don't sell them. She said, what do you say? I said, don't sell them. Sit on it. Things will change. And he said, when? And I said, don't worry, it will change. <clears throat> because I see your properties being rented. And I see a lot of dollars coming. She said, but when will it happen? A few years after, it happened. The UN went in there. And they went for all her properties. She was making money from everywhere. And she come and said, Papa, you remember the prophecy? What prophecy? He said, what you said has come to pass. Let me tell you something. Time changes. Don't put all your hope on money. <clears throat> Don't put all your confidence on assets and properties. All those things will fail. But there is one thing that will never fail, and that is the knowledge of God. You can survive anywhere they put you with the knowledge of God. You know Jonah was in the stomach of the fish, down in the regions of hell, under the depths of the sea, and he had nothing there, nothing in the belly of the fish, but he had one thing, the knowledge of God. And he cried out, from the belly of the fish. And the Lord heard him and commanded the fish, vomit him out. Listen, that wasn't education. That was relationship and knowledge with God. And a lot of parents, we are failing our children. I tell you, we fail them because we send them into societies that are spiritually bankrupt, economically prosperous, but spiritually bankrupt societies. And they go there thinking that, oh, our children are abroad. When I see parents who take delight, my son is in Cambridge and Oxford, the school that the royal family attend, and uh, Princeton and Yale and Harvard. And I look at them and I said, to them, I look at myself, look at these people, look at these people. Very, very, very backwards, very ignorant from a Because if, if you are enlightened, you won't take pride of that. But what you will take pride in is that you send them down there with a foundation of the knowledge of God that cannot be compromised when they go out there. And they come back and say, Mom, Dad, we're going to church. It's time for church. See them reading their Bible, praying. And when there's a crisis situation and everything fails, like this coronavirus, even scientists can't figure it out. There's so much confusion about the whole thing. Some scientists are saying that this thing, even with the vaccine, is going to hang around for about, up to about 2027. 20, Some of them say it has come to stay like hepatitis B, malaria, one of the flus, all kinds of, you know something? I don't care about all those things. You know what I care about? I care about advancing the kingdom in the mix of all of this. Because God is still in the business of protecting his children. God is still in the business of delivering his children. And I count on him. Lee in Lee Save and secure. Oh, Face the future without fear. 
Because I know in whom I have believed. And I know my Redeemer lives. And irrespective of what comes and what goes, I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. The Lumba Dula Wahas. Selakuta Divandu Kafasan. I am anchored in him. For it is in him we live and move and have our beings. We don't live by money as much as money is necessary. We don't live by houses and lands and possessions. They are all good. But they are all means and instruments and weapons. What is, what is the most important thing is you as an individual. You, your life, your time, skill, strength, energy, your intellect must be used to advance the kingdom. There are other religions in this world. They do everything to advance their religion. They even would die, kill for, to advance their religion, wrong or right. They are zealous about it. How zealous are you about his kingdom? Come with me. Look. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine done. Here was Jesus. The difference between the first Adam and the last Adam is this. The first Adam was not willing to let go his will. He insisted on his will. The second, the last Adam said, Father, I submit my will to you. When I got born again and I told my dad that I was going to be a preacher, you know what he said? He was so disappointed. He said, Nicholas, Boniben, Mayo, when you be here, preacher, Nicholas, He was so disappointed. You know why? Because in those days, people who become men of God and preachers are those who have done everything they know how to. And few years before they die, they go and work for the Lord. I don't want to go into that. I'll just leave it alone. But in those days, a lot of parents, some of the bishops you see today, their parents couldn't stand me at all and didn't want their children to go into ministry. It was years after some of them gave up, like Bishop Dagwood Mills. He's a trained doctor, went to medical school, gave up medicine for the ministry. People like Bishop Obo died then. How many years have you been here? 40 years. He has MBA, this guy, MBA. And so many others. A lot of my bishop, you see, the men and the women, they are very educated, though, very advanced in education. Gave it all up for the ministry. 40 years of his life working for God. Advancing the ministry. The day we stand before the master. So many people who, listen, when I went to heaven, one of the things I saw that have stuck with me is people who had a lot when they were here on earth. Huge and big. Even ministries, pastors, bishops, and they did not have rewards in heaven. And I explain something to you. Because some of the pastors, they wrote books. They built huge churches. But the reason and the motive for doing it was wrong. And let me explain something to you. Let's say this is a pastor and a church. That is a pastor and a church. This pastor finds way to preach things and to say things to manipulate the members of this pastor's church. Instead of him to go and save unbelievers and the unsaved, he works his way through all kinds of manipulation, the enticing works of man's wisdom, like people have done over the years, like Absalom did to win the heart of the people of Israel from his father. It's done today again. So he pulls members from this church, fills his church with members from this church who are already saved and born again. So he has a huge church, big, and believers are running there. As long as heaven is concerned, 
Those people who were born again by this pastor, raised in this church, brought up in this church, who left this church and went there, the pastor of this church has a reward already when it comes to the salvation of those people. This pastor has no reward because he didn't get them born again. He didn't bring them up. He didn't raise them up in the things of God. He didn't labor in the word and in prayer to bring them up. So as long as heaven is concerned, he's an unprofitable servant because we are called to save the unsaved, not the saved. The unsaved. So our reward, your reward, my reward, is based on the unsaved people we bring to the kingdom and we maintain them and we raise them up in the things of God. Not those who are already saved. And one of the things that is happening to the charismatic church all across the nations of the world is transfer growth. We are not saving unbelievers. We are manipulating people who are already saved. People who are already born. Oh, come to our church. As for our church, we, we, we have this. As for our church, we have fresh air. As for our church, we have this. As for our church, we get it right. You are joking. You keep doing that. Every man's work will go through fire. It will be tested by fire. And what we don't understand is the motive behind the books we wrote will be judged. The motive behind the buildings we build, did you build to compete with your brother? To compete with another? To outshine another? Or you build to advance the kingdom? If it wasn't about advancing the kingdom, but it was about ego, it was about self, it was about you, you will have no reward. Hear me, on that day, on that day, a I'm just telling you. Because it looks like we just live here. We think that our life is here. No, we are in transit. This is not final destination. Final destination is up there. And when we get there, so many of you will be shocked. My job, I'm reminding you, advance the kingdom. Not just with your money. Don't be fooled. Some of you, you haven't done much for this house. But the house is still moving. So it's not your money I'm talking about. I'm talking about your life. And I'm talking about your time. And skill. And IQ. Intelligence. Connection. Influence. Everything God gave to you, it was given to you to advance the kingdom. What have you done for his kingdom? What are you doing for the kingdom? That's what I'm doing. And I'm telling you, a bishop was talking to me some time ago about how he came on thing two years and his church is packed. People are coming from everywhere. And I said, how many of the people coming from everywhere are born are unbelievers that you've led to the Lord. He said, you know, people just come. And there's a scripture people are using today that uh, I send you to reap where you haven't sown. Yeah, find it for me. To reap where you haven't sown. I think vineyards that you did not plant and all that. So they are saying that that is the key of the evangelism. That for them, they are not going to win souls. They are going to reap what people have already brought to the Lord. You are joking. You think God thinks like you. You keep on winning those believers. Let them be in your church. That is fine. There's no problem with it. Yeah. But in the records of heaven, it's very clear who led them to Christ, who labored, who brought them up. Who build them up? It's clear in heaven. And it is heaven that will determine who gets what and who doesn't get anything. And I said, brother, make sure that the people in your church are people born again that you led to Christ. And I'm not saying that born again people shouldn't come to your church. But that shouldn't give you the audacity to think that you are doing something and you are better than others. You are joking. I said, stop all those games. If they come, feed them. But realize that the profit and the benefit that comes to you in eternity has more to do with those you led to the Lord, those you labored in prayer. Look at, look at, look at. Move there. We'll come back to this. Go, go to 
There's a scripture I'm trying to connect. Say the thought of the righteous is right. Say, say the thought of the righteous is right. Good, it just came to me. Go to Galatians 4.19. Galatians 4.19. Look at something there. Galatians 4.19. My little children of whom I travail in birth. Again, again, till Christ be formed in them. You know what this scripture means? Look at the word he used. Travel means to labor, labor. You are mothers, mothers. Give me a wave offering, mothers. You've had a baby before, mothers, mothers. Hear me? Ask them. Anyone who is a mother here knows what it means to travel. It's a very painful thing. That's why when children dishonor parents, it's no good. And especially if a mother speaks out of pain against you, it's not good. And if a father out of pain speaks against you, it's not good. It's not good, I'm telling you. Paul said, these Galatians Christians, I left back in prayer to get them born again. And after they got born again, I left back again the second time in prayer till Christ was forming them. And after I do all that, you use some kind of prophetic manipulation. You use some kind of test technology. There's something they do today. When your birthday, they send you greetings from the pastor, flowers, using all kinds of PR means. And your archbishop, me, I don't know technology. Yeah, so don't expect me to send you a text on your birthday. And because I didn't send you a text on the birthday, you are offended with me. You think I don't love you. I may not know technology, but I know how to connect with the throne. Don't be fooled. Our people sitting here, they'll tell you. When they couldn't breathe on the oxygen machine, and they say, Papa, Papa. Pray. And I said, don't worry. It was just a matter of days, some hours. And let me tell you one of the things that gives me easy access. When I pray for people who are advancing the kingdom, doing something in the ministry, it's so easy. It just gives me access like that. Yeah. There's a lady here. She's had the virus three times. Three times. And every time, it was bad. And she goes, Papa, Papa, I can't breathe. I said, don't worry. You'll be fine. And I said, give me some few hours. I'll call you back. And I said, Father, you are interested in your kingdom, the church. They are members and citizens of your kingdom. You are building your church through these individuals. And this system is very strategic to the ministry. And I am your under shepherd. I need her services. The ministry needs her. And I demand her preservation. And her unconditional release. And issue by executive order. A restraining order on the spirit of premature death. And I said, death, you can't have this one. Not this one. Wrong address. You can't have this one. Go somewhere else. Malaka matala hasan. Abala mutuku Seluka falahan bisenduku asan abalakutu midi kalusa. Listen, it's your value and usefulness to the ministry that gives you divine advantage and escapes over others. I'm telling you. When doctors died, go to Acts. Go to Acts. I'm moving in some dimensions. I think the spirit is just working with me. Go to Acts chapter 9. Look at where, what happened what, when doctors died. I want to show you something. And when Peter came and they brought all the her works. Go ahead. From Acts, 36. Now there was a job. Acts, 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 Acts chapter 9 from 36. Acts chapter 9 from verse 36. Look at something. Now Look. there was a job for a certain disciple named Tabitha, which mm -hmm. by interpretation is called Dorcas. Dorcas. This woman was full of good works. Full of good works. This is more than tithes and offering. Go ahead. And alms did which she did. Uh -huh. And it came to pass in those days that uh -huh. she was sick and died. Uh -huh. 
whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. Yes. And for as much as Lida was near to Joppa, yeah. and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When they was, he was come, they brought him to the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him. Underline the word, all the widows. That means they had all lost their husbands. Underline that. Go ahead, watch something. All the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while yeah. she was with them. You see? They were weeping, refusing to bury her. They won't lay her in state. They said, we are not losing Dorcas. She's too useful to the work, to the ministry. It's not easy to have this kind in the house. They buried the other widow's husbands. They buried their husbands. They didn't send for Peter. But for Dorcas, they refused to bury her. When you are in coma, when you are lying down in the bed of affliction, what are the arguments we have that we can skillfully and intelligently and wisely go before the throne to plead for your life. There are some of you I can't plead for your life. I'm just telling you. I cannot plead for your life. Bishop Obada will tell you, whether I'm in town or not, some of you I don't even know your names. But I can call him and I say, I keep seeing that sister, she sits here, there. Last week she was behind this. That brother, check, find the name. And you check and say, Papa, how did you know? I said, I don't know. What is it? And you tell me, something bad is going on. I said, you'll be fine. Call them, tell them I'm praying. They'll be fine. And they come through. They come through. And you know what? Some of the, some of the mistakes in this church that I'm telling Bishop and I'm telling you, is the fact that when God does things for us, instead of us to come out and testify, we don't even know how to give testimony. We are so much into ourselves, arrogant and into self-image and self-preservation and how public sees us that we can't come out and tell somebody, I had the coronavirus. I almost died, but the Lord spared my life and I want to praise him. But when you were sick, you were calling for prayer. You are not ashamed and afraid to say, Papa, tell the church, pray for me. Now that you are well, you can't testify to encourage others. You are sitting on it, acting like you are an angel. You have a problem, I'm telling you. A lot of believers have serious problems. The ego in the church, the pride I see in the church, it bothers me. And thank God that I was born again at the time I got born again. Because if I had to be born again now, with what I see, it would have put in me off. And I don't blame a lot of people who don't want to come to our church. I don't blame them. I don't blame people who don't want to be born again because the kind of born again they see, it puts them off. And may God have mercy on us that anyone should go to hell because of our attitude. May God have mercy on us and let our hands be, be, be free of every man's blood. Go ahead. But Peter put forth all, put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, rise. Mm -hmm. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. You see, how many people will go out of their way to fight for you when you are in trouble? When you are in danger during the lockdown? A sister in this church called me at two in the morning. I picked up my phone and said, Papa, Papa, your son is not doing well. He can't breathe. He has temperature. He's shaking. And I said, who is in the house with you? He said, just me and the two little kids. And I said, is your driver here? No. The driver won't pick his phone. I called Bishop Buddha. I said, we have a problem. I called one of the doctors. I said, Papa, because of the corona, you know, it's not too safe to be going to see people like this. So I looked at the situation. The wife was panicking. Her voice was shaking on the phone. I said, girl, he's not going to die. I'm telling you, he won't die. If he would die, I can sense it and I'll tell you, get ready, you'll be a widow. But he's not going to die. It's okay, Papa. You are sure? I say, I'm sure you can go to sleep on this. So I said, put him on the phone. They put him on. I said, hear me. 
As I want you to take your car key, put your phone on speaker, and drive out of your house. He said to where? I said, go to Nyaho Clinic. He said, closest to where? Go to Nyaho Clinic. And I said, go there. And I said, leave your phone on speaker. Let me talk to you till you get there. <clears throat> so he put it on speaker. I started, I started injecting him. I, I put him on the word. I gave him word drip. So I started giving him a drip on the word. I started pumping scriptures into him. And I said, say this. And I said, say that. And I told the wife, I said, you, all you do till he come back, two confessions, I want you to declare that you will not be a widow and those two children will not be fatherless. I said, that is all I want from you. Keep saying that till he comes back. Leave the rest to me. And I said, you, say, I will not die prematurely. And this is not my time to go. I have an unfinished business. I must advance the kingdom. I'm not ready to stand before the master to give an account of the assignment that was given to me. This is not my time of departure. I am not going anywhere. And I'm not dying today or tomorrow. I will never die until the mandate of heaven on my life is done to the letter. And I was, he was on the speaker. He got there. He said, I said, go. I said, walk, go to the front desk. Tell them you are here. I said, put it on speaker. I want to hear everything. I worked with him, did everything, did the corona test and everything. He didn't have corona. He was under stress. Suddenly, the thing lifted. The fever broke. Everything lifted. Went back home. He was fine. And you know, I was telling Bishop, I said, Bishop, this corona thing is so risky and dangerous. Before, doctors would have rushed there. But because of the virus, everybody is cautious and afraid and worry about themselves. And I saw how dangerous it was that if she didn't have access to me and if I didn't pick my phone, and that's why I get upset with young bishops and pastors when you call them and they don't pick their phone and they switch their phone on. 11 o'clock, 12 midnight, you switch your phone off. My phone is on 24-7. Most times, Rosa will say, turn it off, turn it off. And I say, girl, I ain't turning it off. Because I don't know who may be in trouble. And the people sitting here, they've called me strange times in the night. And I have to wake up. And she said, what's going on? What's going on? I said, nothing is going on. You sleep. You weren't called for this. I'm called for this. I have grace for this. So you sleep. I'm going to pray. Some of you, you get some small money, some small money, some small money, and few properties here and there. And by 10 o'clock, you switch your phone off. I'm not saying you shouldn't sleep, sleep. But why have you become so important that you turn your phone off and you don't even put it on until about 12 noon? The reason why we do things and all those things will be judged. You look at me the way you are looking at me like some strange preacher. I'm not strange. I'm telling you facts and truths. These things will come up when we stand before him. King Ezekiah, when the prophet told him he would die, he went to the Lord. The Bible said he turned to the world and said, Lord, Lord, check. Check the records. Look at my spiritual profile. Look at my importance and value to the ministry, to your kingdom here on earth. You don't need me in heaven right now. I'm more needed here to advance the ministry and your kingdom than for me to come to heaven now. He said, I'm not ready for heaven. There's too much to be done here to advance the ministry and the kingdom. Souls to be won, churches to be built, orphanages to be built, supporting dominion television to keep the word of God on earth 24 seven, touch life, bless people, getting people at home, wherever they are, on, on the app, on their phones, on their laptops, pumping them with the word of God, day and night, touching lives, lifting people up. People need the Lord. You have no idea. You see how handsome and beautiful some people look around you? If only you know what's going on with them, you pray for them. Some of them, even the dresses they are wearing, they have to borrow it. It's not for them. I'm telling you, I know things. They will go home and give it to their owner. You know, pretty soon, I have so many shoes and dresses I'm not using. I think those of you who have dresses and shoes you are not using, I don't, I'm not talking about the old ones, the new ones. Put them in suitcases, eh? Come and put them here. I want to open a place in the tent 
than maybe once a month. Everybody who needs shoes and dresses, come and pick something free. We're not going to sell it. Yeah. Just come and take something. Yeah, come and take something. He went to the Lord. My time is up. The thing, I haven't even touched my scriptures. Bishop, I haven't touched it. I'll finish with one scripture and I'll continue next week. But hear me. He said, Kaya said, Lord, check my spiritual profile, my value and usefulness to the advancement of your business, your kingdom. And the Lord said to an angel, check the profile. Let me see what's there. The angel came and said, this guy, everything in that church, your house, he carries everything. God said, give him 15 more years and see if that is enough for him, the things he haven't finished. So the prophet came back and said, I don't know what you did. I've been given an instruction, a new orders. 15 more years you can leave. I have prayed for people. There are some testimonies I don't want to give. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Because they are so sensitive that you have to be very, very careful because of social media. But I prayed for two people. Give me the scripture that says in the day that I, I, I count my jewels, I will show Malachi. Malachi, Malachi 3. Verse 37. Go to Malachi 3.37. Let me show you a scripture here and maybe I'll stop here. No, 17, sorry. 17, yeah. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Malachi 3.17. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Uh -huh. In that day when I make up my jewels. In that day that I make up my jewels, the jewels here are those who were so useful in the house of God. Advancing the ministry, think the kingdom, what to do about the church building, the washroom, the ladies' washroom, the men' washroom, the compound, the flowers, the garden, on the stage, everything. What's your contribution? Yeah. All of these are my dreams. The stage, the altar you come and kneel down to get power. They are my dreams. The carpeting, I dream them. All these things, and I'm still dreaming. Pretty soon you will see another dream that I've brought up for you. For your good, not for me. Yeah, I live at Transalco. I don't sleep in the, this place. It's all about your well-being. It's all about you. Jewels. Go ahead. Look at it. Go ahead. And I will spare them. I will what? I will spare them. I will what? I will spare them. It's not everybody God spares. He spares his jewels. Two years ago, Bishop Nyaku wanted to check out. Yeah. There's a situation and... And everybody saw it. He was going. He wasn't sick. He wasn't sick. He just felt like it was time for him. And I said, Bishop, you are not going anywhere. You are my pastor. I need you. And if I need you, heaven needs you here on earth. And I said, you are not going yet. It's not yet time. I'm not letting you go. And the doctors will come and check him and say, Papa, he's not looking good. And I said, I don't care what medical science says. He's not going. I refuse. I prohibit his death. On authority, he's not going. I exercise and deploy all the powers of the kingdom of heaven and earth at my disposal to prevent and prohibit his death. He's not going anywhere. Until a time came, and he came back to me, he said, you know what, I think I'll stay. And I said, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And I said, thank you, sir. And I said, you, you don't have to retire. Work, do whatever you want to do till Jesus comes. Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here preaching. And I said, whatever you need, and whatever comes to me, I will share with you. I said, you, you don't have to worry. Don't buy shoes. Don't buy dress. If you want to travel, everything is on me. You don't have any problem. And I told, I'm handing over to the executive council. And I said to the executive council, one person you shouldn't play with a mess with is this man, Bishop Nyako. He's my pastor. I will spare them. Go ahead, look at it. Let me finish it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I will spare them. I will what? I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Do you see the condition? 
Under what condition will you and I be spared? Service. Service of what? The kingdom. kingdom. I will spare them as a man. Spare at his own son that what? Serves him. That what? Serves That what? Serves him. Are you serving the Lord? How are you serving him? You think that just giving some tithes, offering here and there, every now and then, that is it. No, it's more than that. He requires everything we have. And he said, you know what that means? It means there is a son that doesn't serve his father. But there's a son that serves his father. Say, so I will spare him. I tested 22 times for the coronavirus. And the guy said, Papa, I think you should stop the test. You are wearing the machine. And I said, what do you mean? He said, listen, you've tested. I go there with people around me, security, drivers, everybody, positive, 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 me, negative, negative, 22 times. The last time he said, Papa, I think you should stop the test. The one I took the vaccine, most of the people I took with someone having headaches, this, can't feel well. And so one of them said, Papa, are you having any symptoms? I said, no. He said, hey, Papa, so you, the blood of Jesus is living in your body, eh? I said, I don't know what is in my body. But no symptoms, no headache, I'm sleeping, nothing. Then I found out that the men are not taking it because they are afraid that when they take it, hallelujah. So they asked me, Papa, how are you? And I said, I'm still praising the Lord. I'm doing what? Praising the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm praising the Lord, by the grace of God. I'm still praising the Lord. You can look at me anywhere you want to look at me. Say whatever you want to say. There is no sin against praising the Lord. So stand on your feet and let's praise the Lord. Are you praising the Lord? No, 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 no. You are not praising the Lord. We know that you were blessed by that message. And we look forward to sharing God's word with you once again. For more information on this and many other Action Chapel International products and messages, you may visit our Dominion Bookshop located on the premises of Action Chapel, Spintex Road. Or you may call our offices on 030-701-1851. Or you may also visit us online at www.actionchapel.net. Once again, thank you for joining us today. And may your life continue to be changed in God's presence.